Hi, and welcome to another episode of Pasha. My name is Inas Kosana. And I'm Gofred Buafo. Thanks for joining us. In today's episode, we discuss informal water in Kenya slums. Joining us is Anindita Sakar, an assistant professor from the University of Delhi in India. She starts by discussing what an informal water market is. So as the name suggests, it's informal water market. So it's about water market. And as you know, in markets, we buy and sell. And it's very simple. In water markets, we buy and sell water. But here it's informal water market. So basically, it here in the informal water markets, there's buying and selling, and the sellers are private providers. So the private providers facilitate the reallocation of water across competing users, and uh, the water market, the term technically can refer to a variety of transactions which involves a range of water-related goods and services. So some scholars uh, believe that since water is uh, a common property resource, technically one cannot sell water because you do not own water. So in that case, it can mean uh, selling of water services. In the informal water market, the water has a value addition. So although you do not own the water, once you procure it, you value add to it and the value addition happens because of its distribution, packing, and treatment. Professor Saka then discussed the situation in Matari, a large informal settlement in Nairobi, Kenya, where her research was conducted. She also looked at the installation of water ATMs in Nairobi. These are installed by NGOs and is a public-private partnership model. It aims to provide users with cheap, clean water on demand. They swipe a smart card and collect. We are looking at water supply systems where the public utility is not providing water sufficiently. So there are people who are unserved totally or supply is inadequate. So in the slums, what has happened, there are for informal settlements, only 10% of the households have pipe network supply at homes where they get water in their homes. So 90%, the rest 90% are depending on community sources. So the community sources are two types which are coming from the utility. Water is coming from the utility. First is the standpipe and the second are the water ATMs. So the standpipes are nothing. They are these uh, shared pipes where people can go and buy water. Most of the time these the standpipe man- managers will collect the prices. So as you buy you can pay. Now we have the other model which has come up which is very very innovative and uh, a very, very new concept that has come in the Mathar Islams is the water ATMs. So water ATMs are extremely cheap, only 50 cents per 20 liter. You can imagine it's really, really cheap. The problem with these is that they are very inadequate in number. The main problem with these water ATMs are the prices are very low, very good. But the problem is they're all located at the same place on the road. And water, since it is very heavy and you have, we have to also understand that uh, culturally and historic, uh, historically women and children always procure water. So it's very difficult for women and children to uh, fill water and carry it to long distances. So, th- so most people who are not located near these ATMs cannot access water. The water vendors have started taking out water from these water ATMs and they are selling it. Again, the prices are like 10 to 50 times higher. Wherever these water, uh, the utility is providing water at low cost, 
unfortunately the vendors would come take out water from there so they will take out water from water atm which is very cheap they will take water from the standby uh, stand pipes which is comparatively cheaper sometimes they can illegally cut through municipality networks and in that case what will happen the people who have the private connections they also do not have water because the pipes are cut and somebody else is stealing water so through all these sources the vendors will take water and sell the same water at a very high price can you tell us how many people rely on informal water markets so uh, if you look at the spread of informal water markets so it is huge all over the world informal water markets can be found in cochabamba in bolivia coimbatore in india and kisumu in kenya so you know everywhere in the world wherever there are provision there are less provision or inadequate provision for example in africa if i talk about africa more than half of the population in urban areas rely on informal water markets and if i particularly look at my study area 35 to 40% people in the informal settlements completely depend on informal water providers because in the slums only 10% people will have uh, in house private water connection so you see the 90% who will not have water connections at home will be uh, taking water from shared stand pipes and most of the times shared stand pipes are very inadequate long queues lack of supply supply only for 2 to 3 days in a week so the number of people that depend on informal water markets is huge so if i can say that 90% people at some point in a month will buy water from informal water providers but around 30 to 40% are solely dependent on them why do these informal water markets exist water is considered as a public good you you are not i mean it is not considered as a private good because for a very long time water was a state good and it used to be considered as a, uh, as, as a public good which the state is supposed to distribute procure and serve but uh, we see over the years what has happened there has been enormous pressure on water because of two reason one because of this pressure on groundwater driven irrigation which has productivity boosts and there is huge influx of migrants which are, who are coming to the urban areas for jobs and other kinds of push and pull factors so there is rapid spread of urbanization now we need too much water sources are very limited the state is no way equipped to provide water to so many people there is a loophole here now i can give you a very conservative estimate for example the cost of extending connection of a for a global population or global urban population which is approaching at a fast rate it is estimated by 2050 you uh, the world will need more than 10 billion dollars to produce Uh, to provide water to this uh, urban population in countries you will find these loopholes when urban areas lack decent public infrastructure because of the nature of water supply which is through pipelines it becomes difficult to reach every part of the city when there is a huge influx of migrants and people into cities combined with low connection and unserved populations a gap is created that public infrastructure cannot support This creates a gap where in this case we see independent water vendors. As time passes, if infrastructure does not keep up, informal markets will creep up. 
What about corruption? Is that an issue in the sector? Yes, it, it, it exists. So after a lot of deliberation and discussion and interviews, I see there are two main reasons why corruption is there. First, because of scarcity. There is scarcity. This, this uh, One, there is scarcity of infrastructure and also scarcity of water. So when there is scarcity, what happens? When there is less water, there are too many buyers, but there are less number of sellers. So monopoly is inevitant. And when there is monopoly, there is this uh, behavior among the sellers would be just to uh, raise the price, to want to uh, make more profit. And in this process, there's huge competition, less number of sellers. Now, when there is competition, what happens and especially competition in a framework where there is regulation everybody wants to get license to sell water the problem is that if there are stricter regulation there will be difficulty in entering the market and then the corruption starts the second level of corruption comes from water procurement people illegally cut through municipality pipes remove water and sell it privately it's a very common process and dangerous because the water becomes contaminated in the entire city network. Constantly cutting through the pipes, removing the water, and putting the water back contaminates the water for the city. City officials are unable to deal with these types of issues. What can be done to ensure that everyone has equitable access to water? To answer this question, I like to mention one thing which I think is very important to understand. That in only 2007, WHO and UNICEF agrees kind of officially agrees to the fact that yes there is a scarcity scarcity of water infrastructure and not enough fund is there for every country to provide such an water infrastructure where the state will be only providing water to everybody so here when it is accepted that because infrastructure is not there and it's not possible to fund such a at a, such a large scale we must recognize these uh, small scale water vendors who are actually filling in the gaps because water is so important anyway you have to procure water whether you get it from your pipeline or whether you buy it from your vendor whether you stand on in a queue and get it from the standby first step we agree that these water vendors are very important because they are filling up the gaps which we cannot number two is giving them registration and license they should foster competition with effective regulation that should be the motto so when there are many sellers there will automatically it will foster a competition and there should be effective regulation regulation is not just giving the license if regulation should see that whether there is competition whether there is monopoly if the prices are kept at a minimum level price fluctuation is enormous it can be 50 shilling uh, per 20 liter which is a lot for poor people in the slums. The most effective way would be to have regulations. Governments need to take corruption and stealing seriously and look at serious implications for wrongdoers. Government needs to ensure licenses are given out properly. They also need to reduce barriers to entering the market so that there can be healthy competition. It's crucially important to ensure quality of water is maintained. Water quality standards cannot be compromised. Vendors are essentially water distributors and governments need to look into where they get their supply from. Proper regulation is essential. In Kenya, many people rely on vendors for access to water. It is important for these informal water markets to be regulated. This will ensure that everyone has fair access to safe water. 
Thanks for tuning into this episode of Pasha, produced by Ozea Patel. From me, Inas Kosana. And me, Gofred Wafu. Bye for now.